0: hi i'm nick stallone and welcome to cinemates a podcast where a bunch of mates chat about cinema over some drinks in this episode i'm joined by cinemates ceo michael sistuli along with tom costigan and pat McEwen. with the 95th academy awards coming up on the 13th of march we break down all of the best films of 2022 give our predictions of which movies we think will take out each of the main award categories and any other contenders that missed out. While drinking some BrewDogs Punk XBA, we discuss films such as Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Banshees of Inishirum, The Woman's, Elvis, Triangle of Sadness, Top Gun, and many more. As always, make sure you're following Cinemates wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review to support us. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Cinemates. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes, it's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Open the pod bay doors now.
1: No, you Keep your friends close, but your enemies close. I am nothing. No. Fasten your
2: seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Get busy, Larry. Gentlemen, welcome back once again. How are we today? Be back, Michael. Very good to be back, Michael. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Huge episode Mm -hmm. for this one. 2022. What a year of film so far. Mm. Cinema is well and
0: truly back so far. What do you mean so far? Well. It's over. It's over. 2022. Yeah. That's last year, man. <laughs> come that on. That is fucking right. for me. That's all right. So next week,
2: March 13th, the 95th Academy Awards are going to be celebrated, mm. rewarding all of the absolutely insane productions that have come out. So for this episode, we're going to go through each main award category and give our takes and predictions on each. So before we do, quick shout out to the sponsor of this episode, our amazing exclusive beer sponsor, BrewDog Australia. Mm. Carbon negative craft brewer based in Brisbane, and today on the topic of awards, we're drinking their award-winning
0: Punk <laughs> XBA. <laughs> so, it's good shit, man, what do we think? Yeah, do you like it's it? It's good. The good thing about brew dogs, and if there's one thing we hate on cinemates, it's disingenuous behaviour.
2: Mm.
0: The good thing about brew dogs is that you're drinking a great beer, but you're also saving the world. Yes, you're saving the planet. It's carbon negative, and it tastes great. So, if you're looking for a beer, to save Either
3: the planet. To save the planet, then Brew
0: Dogs is uh, is your choice.
2: Yeah, they I'll take.
3: Be, I'll be buying a case this weekend. Do yeah, it. good, Definitely. do it.
2: <laughs> they take yeah double the amount of CO2 that they emit, so you can have a beer and feel while good. drinking responsibly, of while course, while drinking responsibly and, and feel good while doing it in yeah, many ways. It, absolutely. So the XBA, Punk XBA, passion fruit and tropical stone fruit notes, mm-hmm. uh, but it's very
0: smooth. I also quite like the Hazy Jane Guava. That's another option. Mm. I've got that here, but I think I'm going to stick with the punk for now. Yeah, phenomenal. Now, another little
2: side note. Pat McEwen, big uh, Cinemates community member, was meant to be on the episode but couldn't join us. But he's given us his take. So uh, don't forget
0: he will be well and He's going to be wired in. He will be wired yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into it. Can, we, can I just say before we start, yeah. before we get into it, I know you've said it before, Michael, but 2022 what a year like that was one of the best years of cinema in my life Mm. i'm gonna say it right now it tops 2019 for me and 2019 was a great year what are your thoughts
1: respectfully disagree okay
0: interesting Uh, i suppose we'll we'll get we will be diving into that but i thought as a whole 2022 was spectacular especially post-covid everyone's going back to the movies I loved
2: it. I thought it was yeah. fantastic. I'm, I'm on the Nick side here. I think I was having a look at my letterbox, even though I fucking hate that app. Um, <laughs> I gave so many high ratings for yeah. a lot of really good films. Definitely. And I think it was the most times I've gone to the cinemas in one year as well. Oh, absolutely. And I'm not sure if that's because so, of this podcast or because of the movies post-COVID, themselves. Post-COVID, yeah. But, but it was great. Great loved year it. for cinema. Yeah, Very, absolutely. Thoroughly
0: enjoyed it. And hopefully it's all up from here. Yeah
2: yeah definitely uh first award that we'll be discussing best animated feature film we got guillermo Mm -hmm. de toro's pinocchio Mm -hmm. marcel the shell with shoes on puss in boots the last wish the sea beast and turning red what do we think of this category i mean i think it's got to go to puss in boots right yeah shamefully (laughs) i've only seen two on here i really want to see marcel the shell but i've seen pinocchio and puss in boots I loved Puss in Boots. I actually saw it twice. Yeah. Even having had that great experience, loved it. Mm-hmm. I think Pinocchio…
0: You think so? …is better. It's, well, it's,
2: Pinocchio is the
3: overwhelming favorite. It's won like every single award leaned into the Oscars. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I've seen… So, I've seen all five and I think the interesting thing is the only one that I saw in the cinemas was Puss in Boots because <laughs> like Marcel Lachelle got a limited release. Yeah. Pinocchio and Sea Beast are both Netflix… Movie, so they went straight on the streamer. And turning red, while it was a Pixar movie, the last three years, apart from Lightyear, Disney have had a like kind of strategic release where all the Pixar movies have gone straight to Disney Plus. Okay, so ah. I think that kind of um, Lightyear flight, was shocking. Yeah, light, yeah. Light, you didn't like it. It, 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 was it wasn't. It wasn't great. No. Um, I don't know. I think Disney was hoping that would be nominated here, but yeah, that last no way chance. from Puss in Boots. So I think the most enjoyable time I had watching all five of these, was definitely pushing Boots. Yeah. Especially because I just had that cinema experience. But I think, like, I nearly cried in Pinocchio. It pulled at yes. the heartstrings. Yeah. And, and the music is unreal. Mm. Yeah. The fact that it's stop motion and the fact that it's got a guy like Guillermo del Toro who is… Heavyweight. A mm-hmm. Hollywood favorite too. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. speaks with so much um, authenticity and, like genuine love about animation as well when he speaks about this movie i think he's won over a lot of the voters so i think he'll definitely win yeah you know what yeah i think you've swayed me on that one i
0: think it'll it'll be pinocchio
3: taking
0: that cake for sure
2: a few extra things on it like it took what three four years to make the cast is insane Mm. you've got some huge names in there and i think it's very similar to nightmare Mm -hmm. alley but as if it was i love nightmare animated And I just wanted to say because I don't think we'll do an episode on Pinocchio itself, but I thought that it was like one of the darker
0: fairy tale
2: mm. well, pictures. Have you that seen that I've the seen?
3: original Pinocchio Disney movie? Yeah, like the yeah. like
0: two D animated one. Yes, weird.
3: I've so I remember watching that when I was little, and it's scared when he gets ch- <laughs> turned into a donkey. Yeah, and yeah, they yeah. get swallowed by the whale. Mm, like that yeah. is
0: harrowing stuff. That is
3: like yeah. horror. I remember being a kid watching that for the first time, and I was scared so much. Oh yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Absolutely. I love that this one also had like a lot of real life war elements as well. It felt very real. So great film. I think that will probably take the cake. Despite Puss in Boots being great. Best Editing. All Quiet on the Western Front. Babylon. The Banshees of Inishiran. The Fablemans. And Everything Everywhere All at Once. We're going to be hearing those names a
0: lot. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Uh, Those are are, yeah, pretty much (laughs) the big takeaways from 2022 Mm. um, that we will be hearing a lot about. I think editing is something that's so overlooked by a lot of like the casual mm. cinema goer. Yep. And I think that if you showed anyone a scene that's badly edited, even though they don't even know what editing is mm. in a cinema context, yep. they will be able to pick that something's wrong with it. Yes. Um, and when a movie is well edited... You don't it, notice. You don't notice and it's just so seamless and flawless mm. and it does it so well. Mm. The two here that are poking out to me everything everywhere all at once and Babylon yeah especially um, something they do quite similar is a lot of the montages like the quick cuts the quick yeah. cuts yeah. that are so intense mm. and amazingly done especially the ending of Babylon which I thought was such an like a beautiful montage that really made you Go, wow, I love cinema. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And yeah. same with Everything Everywhere all at once, how it does, you know, whenever um, Michelle Yor's character is, you know, going through those weird sort of the trippy universes, universes and it's, it's doing all those quick cuts. And I know I remember watching it in the cinema and there was a massive one of those. And I remember in my head going, wow, that's good editing. Mm. And I think the VFX slash editing team was very small for that mm-hmm. one as well, which yeah. makes it even more impressive. So I'm going to go out and say Everything Everywhere
3: will get best editing? What yeah. do you guys think? I think it definitely like there is some elements of over editing with yeah. everything everywhere all at once, especially when it's like a uh, focus on Michelle Yeoh's um, like face at the very end that she's, it's just the quick cuts through all the different kind of parallel universes mm-hmm. and it's just kind of her staring at the camera. Mm. So there is definitely elements of over editing, but it is still such a technical achievement that I think you do give it to everything mm. everywhere all at once. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I agree with both of you. I think that the way that editors play such a crucial role in having to stitch all these different things together and the fact that everything, everywhere, all at once, as a story on paper, you would have to edit it so well for the audience to make sense of any of it. Yeah. And this movie, despite it being like, you can't even explain what it's about. Mm. Because it's that complex I think the editing as well, I'm going to go with that. But I also want to give a quick shout out to All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, yeah. I think that that is an amazing movie. And the way that they edited the film between different parts of the war effort following the main protagonist and as well as the leaders of the German side and the French side, the way that that was done was a, a really harrowing experience as well. Oh yeah. um, Great movie. They put you in yeah. the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. Next category: best original score. We got *All Quiet on the Western Front*, *Babylon*, *Banshees of Inisherin*, *The Fablemans, and *Everything Everywhere All at Once* again. Yeah, same five. Yeah, yeah.
0: So this one, to be to be completely <laughs> honest, none of these really stuck out to me this year. Oh, really? I I mean, they're great for sure, but I mean, I just remember 2021 being like June, 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 slapping you in the face, being one of the best original scores ever made. Yeah. Um, this one. I mean, again, uh, I think it was the band Son Lux that did everything everywhere all at once um, as a first time doing an original score. And I listened to a lot of that, um, like before I'm going to bed and stuff, a lot of the ambient <laughs> stuff. I'm a big yeah. fan of like sort of ambient music and they do some yeah. really great tracks in that. Um, also, The Fablemans, mm. I thought, stuck out to me personally, very emotional stuff. Yeah.
3: See, I think there's two There's two that stick out to me and it's n- of those So I okay. think The Runaway... Is Babylon done okay. by Justin Hurwitz, who's yeah. Damien Chazelle's longtime collaborator. He did Whiplash, and he won Best Original Score for La La La, La Land too. And I think it's just, it's just so good. Mm. You
2: know what? I think you, I think you're right. I think that one will win. I think for me, for this category, I'm a bit of a slut for a score, and <laughs> The Fabelmans had like less than ten songs on the score, I think, yeah. for John Williams. And I think that was. Really impressive because a lot of it were just pieces that the that Spielberg's mum played on the piano. Yep. But then when he came in with his own score elements, it really brought out the emotion of the story and the family dynamic that they had. So I just wanted to say how impressive that was. But I do think Babylon will take it out. Yep. It was a three-hour movie and a lot of the time the score really kept you in it and yeah I can literally like, hear it in my head right now yeah yeah. yeah. but like it also had those like stuff. you know big heavy party mm. sort of songs but it's a lot of, break, the, a lot of brass yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. it did have the kind of more delicate ones especially with manny and margot robbie's character so i think that just had it all i think
3: all quiet though has a really good score like a really unique distinct thing it's yeah. kind of like those, yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. it kind of like comes out of nowhere mm. and i think it's kind of, it's like well, Like anything can happen in war. It's just like anything can happen with your score. It's going to pop Mm -hmm. up out of nowhere and kind of shock you. Yeah. So that… I really like that one too.
2: Just as well on that. uh, Don't know how you pronounce this but Charden is on the score for All Quiet and that is a fucking banger. It's when his friend dies. It's really emotional. I've listened to that in the shower many (laughs) times. Uh, Best Cinematography. Mm. Bit of a different one here. All Quiet on the Western Front. Elvis… Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Empire of Light, and Tar.
3: Yeah, cinematography. I haven't seen Empire of Light and I haven't seen Bardo. Empire of Light, I think it's important to know. I don't think a lot of people have seen it. Mm. Sam Mendy's new movie with Olivia Coleman, Colin Firth. But I think the important thing to note is that it is done by Roger Deakins. Yeah. Who previously won for 1917 with Sam Mendy's. He's great. So even, yeah, he's known as one of, of if not the best, living cinematographers right now. So... If there is kind of something to come from um, like to be an upset, I think it could be Emperor of Light even though it's not seen by… It's
0: definitely flown under
3: the radar. Yeah, because mm, yeah. I don't think it was that well critically received. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of people didn't watch it. um. I th- but I think All Quiet on the Western Front is d- like the, what it just captures about war. I think that will run away as well and I think that will win yeah. the, I, the Oscar for it.
2: I think some of the filming in that was just insane. Like I was told… That this was a really good netflix movie you know i was like oh you know foreign war world war one film <laughs> and i and you come into it and some of the set pieces and the cinematography are just insane i think that'll probably take it for me but i do think that tar and this is probably an icy take but apart from <laughs> Kate blanchett's performance oh, nice. i think that cinematography was the Next best thing about that movie. Oh yeah, yeah. I um, thought you were gonna
3: say you didn't like it, and I was gonna. No, he well, no, no, doesn't like I it. Oh, I about, it. I don't. And I'll talk about. I'll talk about that later. But <laughs> oh.
2: Florian Hoffmeister is the uh, cinematographer for that, and That's it was like great. really neutral, dark mm. tones throughout, and I guess it very much matches her
3: character. Well, do we want to quickly get onto this because I know one of your robberies is our man, the Aussie Greg Fraser. Yeah, the Batman. Yeah. getting a nomination. Wow,
2: I think this was the biggest robbery ever. His wow. So he did.
3: Did he win for Dune? June? Yeah, he won for Dune, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
2: So I can understand he just won,
3: but I still, you can still get a nomination after yes. you just win, especially if it's such a, like a technical event, like a technical category. Especially yeah, for and the Batman. And yeah, what the Batman film. was a huge achievement
2: in lighting and cinematography. Like it's also just a massive
3: hit. Massive hit. Like made hundred seven over seven hundred fifty mil world worldwide. Yeah,
0: I I think. Vis, such a visually stunning film. Like yeah, I, a lot, yeah,
3: very dark, which yeah. I think is,
2: like, there's Suits scenes the tone where, so well. Yeah.
3: I think it captured, so, like, I think one of the biggest kind of hurdles that um, the Batman had and Matt Reeves had was trying to make... Trying to make the story similar in the ways that you had to because you had that Bruce Wayne arc. Mm. Everyone knows the story of Batman and the origin of Batman. But how can you distance yourself from the previous iterations, especially Christopher Nolan? Like Christopher Nolan's Apex, he made The Dark Knight so good. But how can you make yourself unique Mm. and differ from that? And I think once you see those two movies up against each other, you're like, okay, wow, that's Matt Reeves. That's Christopher Nolan. So he made a completely new, unique world, created that whole world. With Greg Fraser. Mm. And for that not to get noticed, yeah. It, I, I thought it was a bit rough too. Yeah.
2: Absolutely agree with you I on that do mind. think he's going to continue to absolutely kill it. So… Oh, for sure. Uh, I think he'll get his redemption, but yeah. He's got
3: Dune 2 coming out this year. Yeah. <laughs> so he might I get another nominee. Excited Could for Could get that.
2: a back-to-back. Oh, yeah. All right. Next category. Best Supporting Actress. We got Angela Bassett, Hong Chow, Kerry Condon, Jamie Lee Curtis, and Stephanie Hsu. What do we think?
3: So I think… This, I think I, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I think it's an interesting take. So I think you, like historically and usually there's always way more roles available to men in Hollywood because, you know, there's always more roles written and catered mm. for men. That's just how it happens and how it has happened over the last hundred plus years in Hollywood. But 2022, I think there has been so much more interesting and better performances by women. Um, then over men. Yep. Especially yeah. Especially like in the leading categories and we can get to it when I do some of my snubs later. Mm. But I think all five of these performances uh, are outstanding. I think Angela Bassett is the favorite for Black Panther Wakanda mm. for, forever. But I mean all five of them, like Hong Chao,
2: yes. her and
3: Brendan Fraser were the only things I liked about The Whale. Didn't yeah. really care about the movie apart from then. Mm-hmm. Kerry Condon was spectacular mm. as Siobhan in Banshee's Minisher and, and then Jamie Lee Curtis – so good that she's finally getting recognized for such yeah. a big body of her work. And then Stephanie Hsu comes out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Absolute dark horse. She mm. really goes up against Michelle Yeoh. I mean, it is Michelle Yeoh's movie, but like for her to have so much gravitas and kind of go head to head with Michelle Yeoh in, in that yeah. movie and be the villain. And the scene at the end where she's like crying at her car, mm. talking about the relationship that she has with her mom and mm. how her mom has kind of let her down over the years. Yeah. It is... Gut-wrenching. Gut-wrenching. She's so good in it.
2: She's phenomenal. I think this is one of the hardest categories for me. Uh, I love The Whale. I think Hong Chao was phenomenal. Kerry Condon was awesome. I do think Angela Bassett will get it. Um, I think that to see... Because there was a lot of talk this year about underrepresentation of African-American actors and I think that for her to win this category, she was amazing in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever... If she was to win, it would be huge, I think.
3: She'd also be the first Marvel actor. Yes. Like first person in the MCU an actor to be to re- I think she's the first nominee. Mm. And then also she's the first person to receive an Oscar for it. Yeah. And then she's I think she'd only be the third in a superhero movie. You had Heath Legend and of course Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. You can't I mean Joker. You caught a a superhero movie, but yeah, not really. Yeah, yeah. And then she she be the third. I think, and she had so much to do as well with the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Mm. So she had to carry that. She weight. did carry that film, and she yeah, it was yeah. it was
0: thrust upon her, and she did such a great job. Yeah, I, I honestly can't pick this. Category, I'm so. personally rooting for Hong Chau. Yeah, she um, was phenomenal. She also
3: she had phenomenal. the menu too last year. Which yeah. Was, yeah, which she was like, she was such a a dick in it. But she was like <laughs> <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> Played it very well. Yeah. And then she was also in. I don't know if you've seen the TV show Poker Face. Yeah. With Brian Johnson's new show. She's in one episode there. So I think her She's career. Phenomenal. I think her career is just gonna keep the trajectory is just gonna keep going up yeah. over the
2: next five, ten years. Yeah. Absolutely. Best supporting actor, Brendan Gleason, Brian Tyree Henry, Judd Hirsch, Barry Kion and Kehi
3: Kwan. What do we think? Um, I think Kiwi Kwan is He's going to he's de- he's going to win it. He's yeah. going to win it because he's won everything. But the thing I'm so happy about that I see here is Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway. He wasn't getting nominated for a lot of um at a lot of the previous award shows. Mm. But the chemistry that he and Jennifer Lawrence have in Causeway, I don't know if you've guys seen it. I haven't. Like eight it's such a good like it's 88 minutes on Apple TV. It's about Jennifer Lawrence, she comes back from the war. She's got PTSD. But it's a very quiet movie. She doesn't. It's not like a, a typical movie that focuses on P- PTSD where she has these massive breakdowns and she's mm. yelling at people. It's just a, a quiet movie. The relationship that she has with Brian Tatery Henry who also throughout the movie you learn about his kind of tragic past. I mean, like it's just stunning. It's mm. such a good emotional movie. And mm. I'm just, I'm really happy that he got nominated although I don't think he'll win. Yeah, yeah. I think…
0: It would be such a fairy tale for Kehi Kwan to get it. Oh, Just yeah. his um his absence and then his comeback. I mean, every time he's he's been winning so many awards, every time he wins he's he's speech, a, speech, that the he did, the speech he's 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 such a carry-on. Like he's so, he's like a little kid every <laughs> yeah. time. And it's so cute. It but is but I thought he did such an amazing job in that role, especially his martial arts. Yeah. Oh, yeah and his stunt work in that film I mm. thought were incredible sort of Tom Cruise-esque you know playing both you know being your own stuntman I thought he did an amazing job
3: I can't wait to see what cuz I think I think it's a lock that he's going to win Touchwood but mm. I I can't wait to see what he's going to say cuz the speech that he had at the Golden Globes and then the SAG Awards were both so emotional Oh yeah. So I wonder. Like I just, I'm like, okay, what, what is else he, can he exactly? Yeah. What else can he say? Because yeah. he's already said everything. Like he's thanked, he's thanked Steven Spielberg. He's thanked the Daniels, the directors. He mm. thanks like he's. I didn't know this. So his agent was the guy that played Chucky in the Goonies. So was <laughs> really starring in the Goonies, and now wow. his agent, like throughout the throughout his <laughs> wow. whole career. That's um, crazy. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see what his speech is going to be. But I think, yeah, Barry Keone, Brendan Gleeson, they're both great. Like Barry Keane is so funny in Banshee's. Yeah. Mm. And then <laughs> Judd Hirsch rocks up for about seven minutes. <laughs> yeah. Two scenes in The Fablemans. And then kind of, t- I'm a bit annoyed because I would have loved to see, um, I would have loved to see Paul Dano get nominated. Yeah. I thought he was fantastic oh, yeah. as snub, mm, there. kind of Steven Spielberg's dad. Yeah. Um. Over Judd Hirsch. But I think, Judd Hirsch still plays kind of like a pivotal role. Yeah, he, yeah, he, that was is, is bizarre how he's
0: only in there for a little bit, but he he absolutely nailed that role.
3: Mm. He kind of so he he kind of sets the tone of the movie because he tells kind of Steven Spielberg's character he goes, "Look, family and art they can't coexist. You know, they're always going to be pulling at each other." Mm-hmm. And I think Spielberg's like retroactively kind of saying about his career, "Yeah, I've I've become this, you know, one of the greats." But it's had a an impact. On my it's, personal it's had an impact on my yes. personal life, especially with my parents. Mm. So I think yeah, he's great. But yeah, I can't see anyone else besides Kiwi Climb winning it. Yeah, definitely. I think he's a lock, and it, as
2: well, he I think he posted on Instagram today, as of the time of recording, because uh, he's taken so many selfies at all the awards yes. shows with all these crazy celebrities. <laughs> he's like collecting all these yeah. like amazing selfies. So he's such a cutie. Yeah, he's cute as fuck, and yeah. I think he's gonna. Definitely sweep that.
0: All right. So for best actress, we've got Kate Blanchett, Anna de Armas, (laughs) Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, and Michelle Yeoh. Nice. Another big category.
3: It's a two horse race. Yeah. It's Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh. Mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, I would just keep it those two and Mm. I'd swap out the other three. Yeah. I think, yeah, Anna de Armas is good in blonde, Mm -hmm. but that movie is... A mess and I like, mm. hated it. How Michelle Williams is really good, but I think she overacts at times in the Fablements. Probably because probably because she has to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Andrea Riseborough. So I watched Two Leslie, and there's been a lot of controversy around her no- her nomination okay. about whether it was ethical that she got nominated because she got all of her, well, her agent got a lot of her. Um, celebrity friends to systematically all put out these statements saying everyone needs to nominate Andrea Risborough and she kind of came from the clouds. Oh, so right. I, would honest, I would honestly take Ana de Armas, Andrea and Michelle Williams out of this category and put in Danielle Deadweiler from Till, Jennifer Lawrence from Causeway and Viola, da- Viola Davis from The Woman King. Wow, and have all then have have all them nominated? Yeah, because mm. Danielle Deadweiler and Viola Davis—they were the kind of the two that you were talking about before. They're both, yeah, so they're both African American actresses. They were massive, massive snubs. Um, but I mean, yes, would be a great story for Michelle Yeoh, but we got to fly the Aussie flag, Kate, yeah. Kate, all the way.
2: Yeah, I think that Michelle Yeoh was phenomenal, mm-hmm. and that movie. She plays such an interesting character, and I think she did it in an amazing way. And, like you said about Ki Kwan, her choreography, as stunt well, work, and yeah. everything. Yeah. Well, they they all had to. Yeah. But um, I think that was really impressive. But I do think, even though I didn't like Tar, I think Kate Blanchett… What, what didn't you like?
3: Can we. What, what didn't you Should like we dive about in?
2: Tar? I, I couldn't connect with it because, like, a lot of the dialogue was very music based a lot of jargon a lot of jargon lot of, that yeah, i couldn't yeah. get behind okay just like I, I could understand what was happening in the story but i couldn't appreciate
3: what was being told to you
2: yes and i could understand her being this like power obsessed amazing musician hungry for success yeah. and she's a complete narcissist. Mm.
0: but i just that sort of disconnected me from it. Do you think maybe it would have helped if you had finished the film? Yeah, I actually walked <laughs> out of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you heard heard are you serious? You've heard it here first, ladies cinema? and gentlemen. No, 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 but
3: what, at what point did you leave?
2: Uh, this is pretty shameful, but probably with about...
0: 30 minutes ago this is shameful I, I do forgive Michael. you i've I've forgiven you a few weeks ago from this Michael. but when I heard I this Michael I was so upset and I was in two worlds about telling the <laughs> cinemas community this in I will tell you this because I hope it never happens again yeah because no matter how terrible the film is you've got to see it through you've got to see I know it towards the end to be fair this is the only you've time got to wear I've, this you've got to wear this no I will I
2: will I'll wear it on the chest
0: it's a bad uh
2: is the ending is so good. Yeah, I think that movie her performance. She's a titan was she's a titan insane. in it. Yeah.
3: She is so good in it. The, yeah. the how the movie opens where it's just and, and the the an actual New York Times journalist. So the guy, I can't remember his name, but he's an At actual the start. Yeah, yeah, he's an yeah. actual journalist they they hire for the movie. And it's just them two talking about you know, music and the role of a composer and the importance mm. of a composer and how kind of like what we were talking about before with editing, mm. how it's really good, how it goes unnoticed, how the composer is meant to go unnoticed, but it's like a duck. It's like the duck is like, looks so calm above water, but underneath the legs are just paddling. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that's so <laughs> true. The composer looks so calm, but in their mind, it's mm. everything's kind She's on. controlling mm. everything. Like yeah. she says, you cannot start without me. I yeah. am the tempo. Yeah, yeah exactly
0: she's oh, just so good. I so, hope she gets it. I really hope she yeah. gets it. I think
3: she'd join she'd Frances McDormand and then she'd join Meryl Streep and Catherine Hepburn as three females to win three uh, females to win three Oscars. Wow. So go Kate. Yeah. Go Kate. Go Team Kate.
2: You. Let's do it.
3: Okay,
0: I actually want to hear Pat's take on this. Can you play for best actress? Yeah. Can you get that up?
1: When it comes to the race for best actress, I'm actually pretty scared. I think <laughs> Michelle Yeoh for everything, carrying everything everywhere all at once, for the body of work, for the fact that she's really been in two of the most important movies for Asian American and Asian actors and actresses and audiences everywhere in Crazy Rich Asians and everything everywhere all at once shouldn't be looked past. I think my prediction, however, is that Cate Blanchett is going to win because movies like Tar, movies like Blue Jasmine are really created in a lab to win oscars i'm not saying Tar's is not good but i think if they wanted to send a message to the industry to producers, to the money and do the right thing it would be michelle yo for a really really singular performance but unfortunately i don't think she's going to win which is sad
0: yeah cool that's pretty interesting. much interesting i think that tied in pretty much with what, what we were saying
2: yeah i think team kate Team K, it mm. is, but at the same time, it could go either way. Yeah, because yeah.
3: you can't underestimate. Makes a good point. You can't underestimate how like everything, everywhere, all at once. I think it was a really, really small movie for a twenty four, and it's and it made over a hundred million dollars worldwide. Yeah, most successful huge. for a twenty four. And yeah. t- where, compared to Tar. Tar is made next to nothing in terms mm. of money, and I don't. They knew that when they released when they made the movie,
0: yeah. which obviously isn't an indicator of how good the film is. No, no. exactly. No.
3: But I think. Especially he makes a good point with the whole, with you know, as you mentioned before with uh, Angela Bassett, I mm. think for Michelle Yeoh, she can also create history. Same with Kiwi Kwan to become the first Asian American actors to win yeah. Oscars for their acting. So it would be a huge, huge milestone if, you, if she can do it. I think she can do it, Michelle Yeoh, just because there's so much kind of like sentimental backing, whereas Kate is just all about the performance and Michelle is all, all about kind uh, the emotion and the narrative and yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think there's a similar case of that in this next category. Best Actor, Austin Butler, <sighs> Colin Farrell, Brendan Fraser, Paul Mescal, and Bill Nye. Bill I Nye, think Bill Nye,
3: he... Bill Nye. Yeah, it's Bill Nye. So, really? Yeah. So Bill Nye is the science guy in America. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, this yeah, is yeah. Bill Nye. Okay. okay. <laughs> I did not know that. The yeah, Listeners yeah, yeah,
0: at home, <laughs> tune in. It's Bill Nye. Um, <laughs>
3: nah, no, it's Bill
0: Nye, the science guy. He's been finally nominated. Um, Look, yeah. Yeah. yeah again, do do? packed year for best actors. Straight off the bat, I loved Brendan Fraser. Like we said, it was even though I, I did love the whale. Mm. I'll only ever see it once, but I did really love the movie. It definitely sucked me in. I don't think, I definitely don't think it's going to win Best Picture, but yeah, I think Brendan Fraser coming from his roles in The Mummy and George of the Jungle, mm. um, he was that sort of silly, big, uh, what's the word, blockbuster Hollywood actor. And yeah. for him to come back and, do, I think he, def, he did do other films, uh, yeah. obviously, leading up recently, like even I I did see, but I thought his performance was so gut-wrenching and I really believed him that I was Mm -hmm. watching a diseased man eat himself to death. I think, however, in this field, Austin Butler has... Probably the favorite chance tell me if i'm wrong no i
3: think you're right which i don't like at all i no. mean yeah. I, I saw a stat today it's like seven of the past ten best actor winners have all been um have all been from playing Biopics. A, Yeah, a, a yeah. real person yeah. which i think is just a hundred percent it respect the craft. it is a t- it's a cop a out to do it's, but yeah it's yeah. a cop out though it's because yeah. you're you're essentially in my opinion just doing impersonation yeah. you're doing an snl a saturday night live impersonation <laughs> whereas i think it's so much harder to do say if out of these five, who I would give the award to is Colin Farrell. I think it's so much harder mm. for him mm. to do what he's doing, create a complete character from the words that Martin McDonough have just written for him compared to someone like Austin Butler who mm. there are countless of iterations of Elvis Presley, good or bad, that he can draw on from the past yeah. 50 to 60 years since Elvis has died.
2: Yeah, that raised a really interesting point because I think we spoke about this when we saw The Whale. mm mm-hmm. Is it harder to play a real life character or someone that is completely original
0: from some sort of text? I, I think there's so much talent in pulling off both.
3: Hundred yeah. percent. There's always talent, but because on, I think a it, really bad, imp- mm, like a really bad, sticks out. Like sticks farm. out. Yeah. yeah exactly. Absolutely. But on what
2: Tom just said, if it's a real character, a real person, and there is a lot of footage and stuff to study, is it like? A bit, and this is probably icy, but is it easy to study something where there's so much resources to help you become that person, or is it harder to go off absolutely nothing but the text? I think See, it's definitely you, harder to go off nothing. Yeah. See,
0: but uh, to do it well, a, a different take to that to that is that because there's so many people who know exactly how Elvis behaved, mm. if he is off by a little bit, true, it sticks out. So the fact right. that he can. Nail it. And he did did nail nail it. it. He did nail it. The fact that he can nail it so well is hard. And I know what you said about like Saturday Night Live impressions or whatever. Mm. There's, you know, obviously silly, jokey things where you don't have to nail it. You just have to be funny. In something like this and something like Bohemian Rhapsody, they... Two bad movies in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Two bad movies. Not my favorite films. However, in terms of if we're talking about best actor performance, I think that Austin Butler has such a fighting chance mm. because of his near perfect yeah in my opinion impersonation of elvis obviously yeah don't know elvis personally I <laughs> but yeah
2: i think i agree i think that especially me not being massively versed in elvis's music and career i think that the movie was very impressive mostly because of his performance and i came away from his performance and the movie being like wow elvis was so talented and Austin Butler is so talented, yeah. and to be able to do like what you said, get all the nuances of his character and his kind of just behavior and being on screen is a huge achievement. He did go about it like an absolute tool, though. Yes, He's, publicly, publicly oh, the voice. The voice. Thank you very much for coming.
0: Huh. Oh no, uh, this <laughs> next one's called Blue Story. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, though, I did hear that
2: he was also filming June towards the end of the production. That's cool. Yeah, so and then,
3: and then Dave Batista came out and said, "Yeah, he doesn't do the voice, but in public he's still doing the voice." Weird. Yeah. It's so like it's a PR stunt. It's obviously like a If I see some yeah. fucking
2: Elvis in June 2, I'm going to be oh, pissed. Oh no.
3: But <laughs> oh, hang uh, on, Baron. Oh, oh my god. Oh, <laughs> so who do, who do we all think? I think because I think Butler will win it. Yeah. But I want Farrell to win. I want Fraser to win because I want Fraser to win.
2: He's got the Farrell. story, the comeback. Like Nick said earlier, I think that. Uh, Brendan Fraser's performance, despite it being obviously Brendan, I completely lost myself in his character. And I think that the story of what he's gone through kind of also built into that. And I think the casting of him was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the director talked about the project being on ice for years because he hadn't found the right actor for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was so impressive. And I really hope we get more kind of dark emotional
0: performances from him. There is a, a point to be said about those things and the first name that pops into my head is Leonardo DiCaprio for um, The Revenant and it's sort of similar but not in this instance but do you think it's fair that a lot of people tie in contextual things in the actor's life leading up to the movie with their performance? Like shouldn't they just take the performance at face value? Do you know what I mean? I feel like you at mean- The Revenant it was like Oh, we should give it to him because look at him. He's actually in the snow eating a liver and yeah, but we think, should just give it I to him. I think that's
3: but that's been going on forever. Yeah.
0: yeah. But what yeah, I'm, I'm just saying like maybe we should just look at like…
3: You want to give it to the performance rather just than, than the craft. the performance,
0: not to like listen to anything yeah. outside of just the performance.
3: Yes. I think at the same time… But hard
0: also, to do.
2: Yeah. There's also the politics of it. Like I know that there was talks that The Revenant was also given because he didn't get it for playing… Yeah. Wolf of Wall Street yeah, which, yeah. which goes on forever like Al Pacino and
3: go for Senator of a Woman which is like yeah. his 10th <laughs> so best performance
2: whether Brendan Fraser comes back with another bang I hope he does yeah
3: no I
0: hope, I hope he wins this one
2: yeah I think that these other things come into it which does suck but I do think you got Brendan Fraser great performance with the story Austin Butler impersonation of a hugely unique historical figure let's also talk about Paul Meskel what do we think of him in After Sun? I thought he was oh incredible. Oh my god. That I is, can't believe it. Yeah. So I saw that like two weeks ago. Yeah. That
3: is a that is a movie that lingers with you. Oh Can boy. I say something quickly?
2: Yeah, go. I think we all had the same reaction. We thought, oh that was a bit of
0: a weird movie. And yeah. then we heard the meaning and the true… I think it was a thinker. Like, it was a thinker. Not, yeah. not that it was an ambiguous ending, but it was like a, it had to… Like you said, it had to sit with you.
3: Yeah, The way they framed it as well. Yeah. It's like the, the daughter is growing up now and she's looking back through these archival um, footage… Like footage tape yeah, yeah. of like her… Um, the holiday that she had with her dad growing mm. up, which is based on Charlotte Wells, the director. It's mm. her, about her real life as well. Mm. Um. And so, yeah, when you, I I remember I sat in the cinema for like five minutes and just like watching the credits roll and just like thinking about, it, I was like, oh shit. Mm. And then you kind of really
0: harrowing. All kind of falls that, on you. A movie that I'll only see once. Yeah. But I mean, I what think, a performance from Paul. Yeah. He's, I, think, I love his trajectory. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's got the great too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jump on the Paul train. I'm yeah. all for it.
2: I think I would probably rewatch it just to see. His performance
3: because... And just to pick up on just little... Just to pick up it's again. the little... It's so... I, I hate
0: throwing this word around, but it's so, like, raw. Yes. And yes. so he doesn't play some, you know, big, outrageous character. Obviously, this <laughs> movie doesn't call for it, but no. he just plays that sort of subtle yes. acting so beautifully and so
3: well. Whereas with a second viewing, you can because he's obviously dealing with a lot in the in the movie, and he's trying to hide it from his daughter because mm. he wants to kind of preserve that relationship and preserve the trip that they're going on. Yeah. But if you, I say, yeah, if you watch it for a second time, you, with you can, context, yeah. you probably pick up on those little kind of hints that
1: mm. he, yeah, nuances that he
3: gives. Yeah, I'm all for him.
0: Um, I reckon we hear um, Pat's take. So Pat's on this. take.
1: In terms of best actor, I actually think it's a pretty weak field this year. <laughs> I think there's a couple of outcomes that could happen. And to be honest, I'm a little bit scared that Austin Butler is going to win for Elvis <laughs> because, look, people in Hollywood love a transformation. They love people impersonating real people. Um, and I swear to God, if Elvis wins any Oscars, I'm going to be furious because we need to stop making Wikipedia movies. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's so true. But I think hopefully they're going to make the right decision. I think Colin Farrell has charmed the pants off everyone in Hollywood. Um in the run-up to this awards show, and I think it's the best performance. Um, to be honest, I wouldn't be upset if Brendan Fraser got it as well, but if it's Austin Butler, there will be angry voice notes sent into this podcast.
0: <laughs> Good, yeah.
1: Uh, pretty
3: much spot on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, with what we said. It's and, almost like he's here.
3: And shout out Bill Nye. I don't know if you've guys seen Living. I watched it for the first time on, Unfortunately, s- haven't. on Sunday nights. So it's based on Akira Kurosawa's um, Akiru which came out in like the 50s about mm. kind of this guy who he's kind of like this wooden kind of figure and then he gets given this deadly diagnosis and it kind of changes his perspective and his, his view on life and mm. how he interacts with other people so it is a very beautiful movie and it's good recognition for Bill Nye who's done I love um, him yeah he's, he's yeah. had a great career so far oh, Love. This him. is his first nomination first nomination ever yeah yeah,
2: yeah well deserved <laughs> well deserved Okay, final two categories. Best director, we got Martin McDonough, Todd Field, Ruben Ostland, Daniel Kwan, and Daniel Scheinhart and Steven
0: Spielberg. What do we think? Off the bat, personal opinion, Steven Spielberg. Um, Only because of preference and I think it's (laughs) just because I love Mm -hmm. The Fableman so much. Mm -hmm. I think it's a movie that people need to watch the amount of people that I've spoken to who haven't seen this film. I think it's the most beautiful film. Something that I loved about this film was that I walked into it expecting it to be a biopic about Steven going, wow, look how great I am. Look how great my career was. But it Mm -hmm. wasn't that at all. It was him telling a story about the most pivotal time in his adolescence and obviously him writing it and being able to direct the actors into playing like your childhood, well, yeah. I think it would and, be such a difficult thing to pull off. And
3: it's kind of like him explaining, because he's he's left little clues throughout his kind of whole filmography about his relationship that he's had with his mum and his parents. Like he, you watch E.T., you watch Close Encounters, you watch Artificial Intelligence. A mm-hmm. lot of it is the relationships that he has with his mother and father. So I think this movie is kind of like a touching point about, it's not like a look at me, how like this is yeah. where I am now. It's kind of like... Well, this is kind of what shaped me and this yeah. is what's mm. kind of formed my opinion on movie making and, and my life. So I think it's a two horse race between him and then the Daniels for everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've kind of been splitting a lot of the awards leading up to the Oscars. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just because he's Spielberg, I think he might get, I think he might get the award here. Mm. Yeah.
0: Also shout out to, uh, our friend Sam Reckner who was in the yeah, in it the was in a
2: film. I was going to say, that was yeah. obviously the best part of yeah, the yeah. film. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Nick. Um, I think, yeah, I was the same as Nick. I was like, oh, you know, semi-autobiographical Steven Spielberg movie. I was a bit kind of not sure about this one. Yeah, Michael um, and I went on a movie date for this we one. We did, yeah. yeah. You know, it got cute. a bit spicy. But um, <laughs> even just at face value, it's a great story about, um, you know, Pursuing your passions and dreams, like he gets told that his filmmaking is a hobby um, by his parents, and as you said before, Tom, you know, art and family usually can't coexist. So it was quite inspiring for myself uh, with the
3: film <laughs> podcast. But uh, but I think it was also yeah, it was really great story. It was also really like telling how revealing and open he was about kind of the degradation of his parents' relationship. Mm. Like, he, it's very visceral the way that um, Paul Dana and Michelle Williams kind of their relationship split. And it's kind of spoiler alert. Michelle Williams has that that relationship kind of unravels and you, it reveals itself that she's kind of had a thing with Seth mm. Rogen's character, mm. which is based upon what, hap- what actually happened in real life. And Spielberg has spoken about how he didn't speak to his own dad for like 15 years and, and his mom as well. So he had an estranged relationship there. So I think it was just really. I was kind of like taken aback about how open he was. He he really was. Very yeah. vulnerable. But it's like what yeah. we were speaking about with Tar before. It's like this wasn't a big commercial hit. Like, even though it had Steven Spielberg and Michelle Williams and Paul, Paul Dana, it did not make a lot of money worldwide. Yeah. So, which is a shame. Yeah. And I'd love to see more films. And it's like weird because so he's had two movies now back to back this mm-hmm. and West Side Story, which have not made a lot of money. And he's kind of been the king of the box office throughout his whole career. Yeah. yeah. So it's been interesting. Yeah. I think that. Given how successful he's
2: been, it might open the opportunity for the Daniels to come in as the debutants and again, everything everywhere all at once was an absolute masterpiece in my opinion. And beautifully written as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. written, everything just directed so well. It all came together amazingly. And you need yeah. a good director to piece
0: everything yeah. together. And just
2: quietly, don't know if you guys are big uh, foster and the people fans. I am mm-hmm. the one of their songs that I like is Houdini. Yeah, they directed the Houdini music video. So for them to yeah, go from yeah, yeah. They that, they started with music videos, didn't they? So yeah, go yeah. from music videos such as that to the Academy Awards. If I can give it to them, and yeah. in saying that, it's made me want to go back. I haven't seen Swiss Army Man and some the of their Daniel other work. and yeah, Paul Yeah, Dana, yeah. it's but an interesting. Feature. I've heard. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it's an interesting it's just one. a yeah. farting corpse. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I think they will take it out personally. Also, shout out to Ruben Oslin, Triangle of Sadness. Yeah. Loved that. That was one of my favorite movies. The, the
3: hardest I've laughed in a cinema last year. Wow! Which part? Triangle when they're all when they're all vomiting and oh, everything's yeah. coming out every which way. Yeah, but yeah, I love all like all five of these directors. I I loved. I really liked all their movies. Yeah, I
2: think this is seriously tough. All right, shall we hear Pat's take? Let's hear Pat's takes.
1: Best director. I think this is a really hard field to predict. I think, to be honest, it should go to the Daniels um, or at least one of them for Everything Everywhere All at Once because it's by far <laughs> the most original concept executed at the highest level. Mm. Um, I think Todd Field, is, if he doesn't win an Oscar for Tar, he's going to win one for Best Director at some point as well. Um and I think Martin McDonough and the Banshees of Inna Sheeran is a really, really worthy candidate as well. To be honest, I am happy with any of those winning. My prediction is it's going to be Todd Field for Tar. Um, Interesting. And I'm pretty happy as long as Spielberg doesn't win because the wins is mid. Spielberg at best. And we shouldn't be rewarding the same bloke over and over and over again. It's boring <laughs> as all fuck, to be honest.
3: Oh, my <laughs> God. Wow. wow.
1: I kind of agree.
3: flurry of punches. So yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, so I can't. I can't see Todd. He's, I don't think Todd Fields is going to win. Although he does have a lot of, like, he's got a really good reputation in the industry. But I don't really, I, yeah, I don't agree with him there about Spielberg. He's only won twice Spielberg for yeah. best director. Only. He's, I what? mean, well, well <laughs> you think about his filmography. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's been It's kind of weird. Yeah. But I mean, I respect his take there, Pat, but yeah, I think it's a, I think it's still a two horse race between Spielberg and the Daniels. Mm, yeah. 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 It's, it's a tough one. All right.
2: Shall we? Let's hit the big dog. The big one. The big one. Best picture. All Quiet on the Western Front. Avatar The Way of Water. The Banshees of Inishirin. Elvis. Women Talking. Everything Everywhere All at Once. The Fablemans. Tar. Top Gun
0: Maverick. And Triangle of Sadness. What do we think? Can I say just off the bat, we've said a lot about the other ones. Like, uh, the other ones. Can I just say, Icy Take, The Banshees of Inishirin mid- yeah. Mid. What? For me, yeah, yeah, mid, mid, mid. mid. I'm <laughs> sorry. I thought it's that... In favour of the ten? No, 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 no. I I thought that... Um, look, I, I did like it, but it's a movie, again, I wouldn't see again mainly not because it was harrowing like Aftersun, but more so that I was just bored. Really? I was mm. bored and I thought that In Bruges was such a better film the, yeah like that, that with that group like i just i love that movie so much so i went into it with such high hopes mm. and i thought that it was just mid and boring and some great moments of course great acting i wow. thought that um the leads did such a great job yeah as we know like i, I wouldn't be surprised if they get if they win for their mm. roles uh, for their nominations but i thought it was mid
3: See, I thought the chemistry, like as it wasn't in Bruges, I thought the chemistry between Gleason and Farrell's characters were great. Like, yeah. Gleason, he's, he's like struggling with, all uh, right, have I led a, a life well lived? I'm, am I dealing with regret? Is it better to be nice or is it better to be remembered and to be known mm. for what I achieved rather than who I was? And it's, that's a great the, message, definitely.
0: Yeah. And it's a great theme of the film. I just thought the story was, again, Boring in, in inverted commas. Like I hate to use that term with, cause I love those actors so much. Yeah. And like I said, I loved In Bruges, but for me, I'm just telling you. So my what was first. your favorite out of the 10? My favorite out of the 10, again, probably everything everywhere. Having said that, I really, I hope Top Gun wins it, to be honest. I yeah. mean, that was, I'd loved. yeah, I love Top Gun. That was, it'd be great for like a, just like American, like action sort yeah. of military movie to win. I don't think it will win, but I think it was very interesting how well it was received.
3: Also, just another snub that Tom Cruise wasn't nominated. Like, what are, yeah. we, what are we doing? Uh, yeah, what um, what are we doing? Get Tom Cruise. I mean, he's who he's done ta- he, better. he's taken
2: out of that
0: category for Tom Cruise?
3: Take Dillanaihe out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Tom
3: Cruise. Okay, interesting. Yeah,
0: um, I, yeah, my favorite was Everything Everywhere. Yeah, For that one. I just think it's such a unique film. And we've said so much about it already. What, so one I'm movie we
3: haven't mentioned is, um, or two movies we haven't mentioned really, is Avatar Oof. and women talking. The thoughts yeah. on Avatar.
0: Loved it, but definitely not best picture worthy. I thought I think it was anything, part of the 10.
3: I think it was definitely part of the 10. I think it's warranted to be there. It's not, I think it was one, two, I had it ranked six. Yeah, with Avatar though, I thought, amazing. Like, just don't doubt Big Jim. Nah, Do not doubt Big James Gym. Cameron.
2: I'm... I'm all off big What Gym. How are you all off big Jim? Wow. Avatar: The Way of Water was. I've, I've said this in the episode.
3: Okay, but uh, your your big gripe is with it is the screenplay, is it not? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, but, yeah, but you have, that you look, plays into but, the picture. But though. that's been, yeah, but that's like a that's. All right, he's kind of had that problem throughout his whole career, like James mm. Cameron. But that still doesn't take away about how iconic and memorable his movies are. Like that oh, last no, no. that last yeah, forty five for sure. minutes where the whales come out of nowhere and it's that action sequence. Mm. Yeah. No other director can do that. No, no other director. I agree. With the the way he's filmed he sh- completely in a water Exactly. No other, no yeah, no other, other person table. alive can do that. And for mm. him to work on this for so long, put it to the big screen and actually say, yeah, we need, we need to make $2 billion, otherwise we don't break even. And then it does do that. You it's get a Best Picture nominee in my book straight yeah, away just You do, that.
2: but you don't win.
3: No, i'm not saying he, he's winning but i think yeah. he does that deserves the nomination oh. it'll be like lord of the rings when avatar <laughs> 5 comes out he'll win best director yeah what about this whoa whoa stop
0: stop no, you because, not that's just what, compare no, because that's what lord they did the that's what they did they, they gave they did all
3: the nomin they gave all the oscars for Lord of the rings to the last one because mm-hmm. it was the achievement and it was kind of like all right great job with the whole trilogy that's yeah. what they'll do with avatar 5.
2: all right i yeah. disagree but whatever I think that'll probably happen, but I feel like, as is said in the movie, James Cameron has,
0: quote-unquote, quotas to meet. So, fuck him. I don't want him to even… I disagree. He's got enough money. He doesn't, like, he, you know, he does it for the love of of cinema and pushing the boundaries
3: of cinema. Yeah,
0: that is true, but…
3: You're just being cynical.
0: No, no, no.
2: (laughs) But there's got to be a balance between those other parts of the film that did drag down, such as the screenplay and the writing and other parts. Acting. Yeah. It can't just be visual and yeah. technological feats. So yeah, like it shit, can. The, the, just, the shit with the come whale on. talking really you, just… It took 10 years. Like… The first one was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Amazing film. Yeah.
0: Like, all round in my opinion. Yeah.
2: So… Anyway.
0: Okay. Uh, um, we haven't really touched on…
3: Oh… Was Babylon not nominated? No. Oh, no. shit. That was a huge
2: snub. Which is,
3: I was about to get to that. Why wasn't Babylon nominated? It That's was weird. It was my favorite movie of 2022. Wow. There is, there are definitely moments which could have been cut, but this is, I, I said in my, my review, I think I did on Letterboxd, which you don't like. <laughs> I said, this is like Damien Giselle pushing all his chips into the middle oh, of the yeah. table and just saying, fuck it. I'm yeah. going to make the mm. movie that I want to make about yeah. what I want to focus on. And he didn't pull any punches. No. And I was fully intoxicated for the whole three hours and 12 yep. minutes or mm. whatever it was. I'm all From in From the on score that. to the acting to the writing to just everything about it. And, again, it was like that that last scene where Manny um, is watching watching Singing in the Rain and then it cuts to this montage oh, of man. like the last hundred years of Hollywood. And it essentially, <laughs> Has Avatar. And
0: made me appreciate Avatar. Yeah. And, and then essentially <laughs> what it's
3: saying is and other critics have referenced this is Manny's like seeing you know, that It's like, all right, it's all worth it because you can put that to screen. Yeah, yeah. And to me, I'm like, holy shit! That's I think that, I 100 percent agree. With I agree that. with that's everything so you true. said.
2: I think that that movie, the Babylon, really probably appeals to us as huge Cinem- cinema cinephiles, yeah. if you will. Um, and I think that's what made it so great for us. I do think there are the people out there who maybe aren't as devoted and just see it as a kind of it's over the Great top. Great Gatsby, but in Wolf the best Wall possible Street. way. Yeah, so, a lot of cocaine,
3: a lot, like, lot of drugs. I want to, yeah, yeah. like allegedly, if Damien Giselle did some drugs writing this script, I wouldn't be surprised. No yeah, it's <laughs> like that, that, that. Sequence with I think if you could cut anything, it would be like in my opinion I'd cut the whole Toby Maguire thing. Although it's unreal when he's kind of <laughs> yeah. when they're going through he's it. It's kind of like that it, was. It's kind of like you're going through hell. Oh yeah, yeah. like the, um, yeah. that's Ooh, like a massive metaphor. Yeah yeah, da- yeah, exactly. sure. Dante, sh- of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Dante, fucking inferno. Yeah, inferno. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I would cut that. But just. Yeah, I'm just so annoyed that it didn't get. Like, what what are we doing with Elvis? Why is Elvis nominated no. for best picture? No, they I was, swap those out. Baz, yeah, swap Baz, swap Baz, out. Baz Lerman to me is all about style over substance.
0: Yeah, it's and like, like, like obviously we got to go root. I suppose Aussie for the Aussies, but sorry, Baz, like you, you're out. Yeah, you're out. You're out, man. You're out. Babylon's in. Take ten. You're fired. You're, off. you're fired.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why, I, I agree. I think like uh, Ruben Osland, mostly. Well, Triangle Sadness was nominated, but that film, I think, you know, there are films where there's they're deserving of nominations in some things and I think Elvis being in this category
3: is not it. I think like production design and costume yeah. and mm. actor, for that, yeah, yeah, sure, but not Best Picture in my no. opinion. I really like Triangle Sadness. I think like the theme is very, very on the nose, like eat the rich, like yes. the problems with capitalism, mm. blah, blah, blah. And the ending is really great, how mm. it kind of cuts before – um. Uh, the characters like deciding whether or not to spoiler alert, kill the other character. I don't want to name the names because if you want to go see the movie, um, I thought that's really good. And then one movie we haven't really spoken about is women talking. Yeah. I don't know if you've guys seen it. I haven't seen seen it. it. Um, Really good movie. I think where it's, so essentially it's about this group of women in a community who are deciding whether or not to leave their enclosed community because of a series of um, sexual assaults that have happened on the women. Mm. I think where the story really flourishes is that you've got all these really good actresses, Jesse Buckley, Rooney Mara, yeah, and Claire Foy, who steal every scene, but it's a, a lot of it is kind of back and forth, do we stay, do we go? do we stay, do we go? And I think mm. that kind of drags on for a bit. Yeah. And it's like all right, when do we make the decision to stay yeah. or go? Yeah. Um but other than that, I think it is a really good film.
2: Yeah. I when I saw this and for the first hour I was kind of like what you said, you know, it, it the, the movie's literally called women talking and that's what happens because they're deciding whether to leave their you know, cult community or not, but I, at that that first hour I was kind of like, oh, don't tell me this is going to be the whole thing. And it did continue to do so, but you know the way that it was told, it got better. And I do think underrated performance in it was Ben Wishaw. I yes. think he was, dare I say, the best performance. Yes. obviously, like the only He's kind only of male lead. male in yeah. but <laughs> oh, oh, I no, I think that's just just <laughs> in the sense that I I want to see more really emotional performances like this from him. But the rest of the cast He's are phenomenal. Paddington. Voices, padding, so, yeah, cheers. he's oh, great, he's so good. Um, but we, I think that
0: was that was a good part.
3: Do we want to hear Pat's take?
0: Yeah, let's
2: go.
3: Let's hear Pat's
0: take. It's
1: the best picture category. I think this is a really, really intriguing category this year. I think as the industry has kind of limped out of the COVID pandemic, um, the increasing marvelization of movies, this best picture win will really kind of symbol where the academy is headed. I think if it's tar, it's going to show that we're going to keep getting art house movies that no one has seen, um, winning. <laughs> things like Coda. Um, I think on the flip side, they could go for a big blockbuster like Top Gun Maverick, Mm. which, to be honest, is what I've got my fingers crossed for. Make more movies like Top Gun Maverick. Um, But in actuality, I think they're going to go for something in between, which I think is a big blockbuster that had a lot of artistic merit behind it. And it's going to be everything everywhere all at once. Um, Getting the Daniels up on stage with that cast would be an epic moment in Oscars history. Um, And to be honest, I think... Any of those three would be really, really um, would be really, really powerful in, t- in terms of awarding the picture that's actually the best picture, rather than the snobby art house movie that the Oscars often mm. reward. Mm-hmm. As long as it's not Elvis or Avatar: The Way of Water, I think we'll probably do well. Though the rest of the slate is pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. Agreed.
3: Yeah. I think Agreed. Every, everything every wall at once has won literally every single award it could it could possibly win. Yeah. So Feels
0: like it came out so long ago. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It was like around this time it was getting released in the US yeah. and then it was released in A- like the start of April mm. um in Australia here. So yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna win phenomenal. and phenomenal th- thing will win clearly.
2: Yeah, I think it's gonna win. I saw it three times in cinemas, it was yeah. life changing. I think I saw Top Gun Maverick. Three times as well, but Dr. <laughs> me Goose. I'd love for that. Like I'd love for that to win as well. I don't think it will. Um, yeah, I think everything everywhere takes it, but great year of film. And and two big kind of topics that were hit a lot like Eat the Rich, also yeah.
3: filmmaking itself, The Fableman's uh, Babylon. Mm-hmm. So I think all like for personal it. Personal stories as well. So, like yeah. After Sun, that's a personal story. Um, the Fableman's, mm-hmm. even Bardo. Um directed by Alejandro Gonzalez in, in your who won for the Revenant and um Birdman. That's a very personal story as well, based on like someone's life. Mm. Um, can I go through some more robberies and snubs yeah, let's that do I had? It. Let's I've got a few. Um so as I said, Danielle Deadweiler, Jennifer Lawrence and Viola Davis for best actress, Tom Cruise for best actor, Damien Chazelle and Babylon for best picture and director. Mm. Um Definitely. nope. I thought yeah, uh, yeah. A bit unlucky, although it was a strong year, bit unlucky. Um I don't know if you saw the movie Barbarian, the horror movie Barbarian. I haven't seen it. I haven't it's seen on Disney one. Plus right now. Yeah. Fucking watch it. It yeah. is so, so good. Best and picture? No, no, no. Uh, best screenplay. Best original <laughs> yeah, screenplay. Wow, cool. I would like seriously watch it. It's got Bill Skarsgard in it. It's got Justin Long. Mm-hmm. Really good performance by Justin Long, kind of comes out of nowhere. Love Bill. And it's a really, really great movie. And then Decision to Leave, which is a South Korean movie. Um, which so it's by the director, his name's Leaving Me, but he also did Old Boy. And he also did The Handmaiden. Um, wow. Did not get Fuck. nominated for Best International Film film Feature, which yeah. I was so surprised about. And I think that that was in my top 10 for the year decision to leave.
2: I so recently I finally watched Old Boy and was blown away. Yes, Old amazing. Boy.
3: Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, and watch. If you say, watch the Handmaid, and that will blow you away. Oh too. man, dude, the say. old
0: boy was rough.
3: That was a rough <laughs> yes. viewing,
0: but great film,
3: regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow,
2: I've got some big rubberies here as well. Go talk. To we me. talked about the cinematography of the Batman, but I almost think best picture for the Batman. Yeah, but I do think if he continue, if Matt Reeves and the team continue the same slate, um, you know, it could be rewarded down the line Definitely. with sequels. I yeah. think I don't know if this was a like a rule thing. I don't know the eligibility rules, but um, best score Hans Zimmer for Top
3: Gun Maverick I think it's a, it a rules thing because it was all it was a sequel, oh, so you okay. can't. It's like it's like Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion. He can't get nominated for original screenplay because it's you're using the same character from the first movie. So for, really? so it'd be for adapted screenplay. So you're kind of continuing the the story along okay right? but, but for score though for score because yeah Hans Zimmer it's from another it's like a sequel to another movie and he's still, oh, he's already used he's, already, he's, used, he's uh, using okay. some elements of the original score
2: huge snub we've talked about the movie and a big <laughs> performance in it After Sun Charlotte Wells
0: yeah that should, that should have won more it, I been nominated it is more.
3: tough yeah. for especially a female director but also a first timer that's her first feature film but yeah. what a film oh so good yeah. yeah, yeah
2: amazing so huge snub there Babylon Best Actress Margot Robbie yeah, that was yeah. a yeah, good yeah, yeah. performance. Yeah.
3: Definitely, I thought she was very good, Nelly Leroy. Yeah, yeah. She's mm. a for big her. time.
2: Yeah, um, I do think Glass Onion screenplay was great. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Whether mm. it is original or adapted, still a masterful story. Yeah, he's a great storyteller. Don't know if you've seen this, The Good Nurse. Eddie Redmayne, best actor. Haven't seen it. I've he's seen it in it.
3: I've seen it. I think it's more of a supporting role. I yeah, really that's like true. It. I thought Jessica Chastain was the much better performance in that movie.
2: Mm. Yeah. Okay, interesting take. Uh, nope, as well was great. What about the Northman? I fucking love yeah. that. I love the Northman. Yeah, I Robert did love Eggers the Northman. I love it. Best
0: director, maybe. Yeah, is he gonna same thing? Is he gonna get one down the line? Yeah, hundred percent. He's he's got one. Nosferatu, I think. Yeah, In the yeah. in the chamber, I think they're
3: filming that now. Yeah, yeah. scars. So Big cast. Yeah. Oh, I'm keen for that. Okay, I got two love more.
2: Morbius and Jurassic World Dominion fuck off <laughs> you idiot! <laughs> alright all right, all right.
3: and just a quick note so Ryan Johnson is nominated for best adapted screenplay for Glass Onion okay yeah. So there you oh go. he's nominated he's for nominated best adapted screenplay for adapted yeah okay, okay. good, Interesting. good. I'm,
2: I hope he wins that because um, that'll be unreal two more niche awards just quickly makeup and hairstyling who do you think will win out of the Batman or the Whale
0: ooh Batman
2: the Whale ooh yeah I think the prosthetics in the Whale were yeah, harder I think it, yeah I think that's what gets prosthetics it. for Colin Farrell hello Yes. Yeah, but I think… Which is harder though? Like, or which is better?
3: I think just because it's the whale, but Fraser. Kind of it's, there's been such a campaign about how tough it was for him to get the prosthetics on each day. I think yeah, it's that's the whale. True. Yeah, okay, sure. Whale. Both
2: crazy feats yeah, for yeah. prosthetics. And sound for Top Gun, Maverick? Oh, yeah. Just quietly. I just thought of this now… For score as well, the Batman, Michael Giacchino. Oh, man. Fucking Giacchino, my
0: give boy. Give him a fucking nom. He'll be down the line as well. Give him fuck. 100. All right, we've got another funny take from Pat. Can you play that, please? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay.
1: The only other take that I really have in terms of snubs or robberies is actually more of a counter take. I know that there's a growing movement within the Cinemates community that Babylon should have been <laughs> nominated. To be honest, I think Damien Chazelle. is a fucking amazing director. I think he makes really, really fun movies. And I think that this movie is three hours and 20 minutes of self-indulgent trash. So I'm looking forward to you guys talking about it on the podcast. I'm looking forward to you telling me why Margot Robbie should have been nominated for, for Best Actress. But this movie is incoherent. And even though the one note that it plays, which is sex, drugs and rock and roll in the 1930s, is really fun to watch for 10 minutes... You had. I almost had to stop myself from walking out because three hours and twenty minutes is too long for any fucking movie, and it's definitely too long for a movie that that's one note. So can't wait to hear you rip me to shreds on the pod. Wow, fuck that, man! All right, well, hot take
0: for sure, but I mean, for that, like, <laughs> I mean, it was just such a fun movie, like Bullet Train. Another mm. very fun movie, obviously so different, but in terms of like enjoying myself mm. at the, you know, the in the cinema and, and and whatnot, I thought Babylon was such a fun movie. What he said about movies being too long, 3 hours and 20 minutes, I'm more leaning towards I think movies should be longer mm. and obviously within reason. If it doesn't have to be longer, then please don't. But when yeah. a movie is rushed... And you don't get enough from the characters and you don't get enough scenes like uh Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Well said. It just buggers the whole thing. So I am enjoying this trend of longer films, mm. which we have been seeing in recent years. Yeah.
2: I think if you if you're not connecting with the film, obviously you're not gonna like long movies, but I'm I'm with that as well. Batman was long, Top Gun was long. I'm I'm more Batman. for staying in there and being Escaped from society. Yeah. That's if the
0: writer and the director <clears throat> need these extra scenes to really, mm. you know, like like you said, you think there should should have been things cut from Babylon. But I think that I enjoy it when the, it it is longer for a purpose.
3: But I yet, mean, I'm of wrapping the whole I story think they, in a big they nice could, cocoon.
2: Yeah, they could shave like fifteen twenty minutes off, but. Mm yeah I'm not too fussed about it, but
3: Look, respectfully though, like he pat like he says it's self indulgent like okay, what movie isn't self indulgent everything Elvis. Every Wall at Once, the fableman's All Elvis, on the western front Gun, pretty, Top um, Gun um, Maverick. Yeah. Um, Banshees have been They're all self-indulgent because they're all personal stories from these writers and from these directors. <laughs> Damien Chazelle just decided to tell a different story that he is obviously very fond of. Hollywood told the story in La La Land mm. and it's about these three different people with all these three different aspirations in Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie and Diego Calvert's characters. And the dichotomy and the juxtaposition be- between those three characters and kind of the journeys and the arcs they go on is... I think it's great, and I think mm. the way that the movie finishes with Diego Calva's character being like, "Look, I left Hollywood," but in my opinion, all the shit that I went through with Nellie's character, with Brad Pitt's character, uh, mm. Margot Robbie's character, and Brad Pitt's character, it was all worth it. As mm. was shown in that montage at the end. Is it on the nose? Yes. Is a bit heavy-handed. Yes, but
0: I loved it. Mm. Hollywood Just, as a whole is self-indulgent. Hundred percent across across yeah. the hundred years or so That's that it's been it's going. Hollywood. That's yeah. why it's Hollywood. That's yeah. why it's Hollywood.
2: That's why we love movie it. Showed. What a year
0: of film. Any other final takes? No, I think that's good. I think that if if we get a 2023 like we had 2022, I'm going to be a very happy man. About oh, you guys, yeah, uh,
3: go Kate and Justice for Babylon.